Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to I Am Persuaded, and thank you for tuning in to this episode. And thank you so much for listening to episodes that have been posted before this one. And so currently, we are going through just a small series that I've entitled Walk in Christ. And so we've been looking for the past three or four episodes uh, what it means to truly walk in our relationship with Jesus. And so we've looked at some passages in Colossians. We've been in Ephesians chapter 4. Now in this episode, we're going to dive into Ephesians chapter 5 and look at what Paul writes about walking in love. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul pins really in the last three chapters very practical illustrations for our faith, for how we are to live the Christian life. And so I've said it in the past podcast episode, but Ephesians 1 through 3 are who we are in Jesus. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 are how Jesus lives in us and how we live out Jesus living in us. So we can entitle it like this, 1, 2, and 3, who we are in Christ, 4, 5, 6, how the world sees Christ in us. And so Paul begins that theme in chapter 4. But when we come to chapter 5, he's continuing uh, being very practical in the Christian life. And he says in verse number 1, Be therefore followers of God as dear children, in verse 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savor. And so there that first four words of verse number two says, and walk in love. Then he goes on to say, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. And so we could really sum up chapter five by Paul saying, if you cannot walk the walk, then do not talk the talk. So this saying, it can go for numerous things in our life, whether that's sports or that's work or that's games, literally anything. But Paul rings it very true in Ephesians chapter 5, basically saying, if you are not going to walk the Christian life, then basically stop talking like you're a Christian. Stop posting on social media that we're a Christian if we will not practically day by day in the quietness of our house live it out and live it out before others. And so, as I said in the beginning, as we approach chapter 5, Paul's laid out who we are. He's laid out the framework for how we are to walk. We read in the last episode how we are not to walk. But now, in these few verses in chapter 5, Paul is going to instruct us on three walks, really. And so, we'll be looking at that over the next couple of episodes. But three different walks that we must be living in each day. And here's the premise for this chapter. Don't just say you are a Christian. Live as a Christian. Don't just say you are a follower of God. Really follow Christ. In other words, walk as a child of God every single day of your life. In the Christian life, do not just talk the talk, but actually walk the walk. You are So we are continuing this series on walk. And the first thing I want us to look at out of these few verses is number one, walk in the love of the Father. 
Walk in the love of the Father. Verses 1 and 2 of this chapter really lay the framework for what prompts us to walk in Jesus. Verse 1 tells us that we are to be followers of God. The Greek word for follower in verse number 1, it simply means an imitator. And so what does it mean to imitate someone? Do everything that that person does. You've played the game before um, where you say something and maybe it's a kid and he starts repeating everything that you say. And you're like, hey, don't you copy me? Oh, no, don't you copy me? And it goes back and forth. But that's imitating someone. And so you've imitated people. There are people in our youth group that can do a fantastic uh, Im- imitations of people. And, and they can uh, sound exactly like the person they're imitating. But what Paul is alluding to and getting at here in verse 1 is we in the Christian life, we are to imitate God in our daily Christian walk. Now, why are we to imitate God? Well, because he's our father. Look on in the verse, verse number one, it says, chapter five, verse one, be therefore followers or imitators of God as dear children. And so we are to imitate God in our daily Christian walk, but why? Because he's our father, because he is our heavenly father. And so the verse goes on to say, tells us we're to imitate God as his dear children. You see this in families, earthly families today. Many young boys like to do everything their father does, especially at that young age. A lot will want to walk and talk like their dad. A lot will want to dress and have the same Nike sneakers as their father. They want to play baseball with their father, wear the same baseball caps as their father, pull for the same sports teams as their father. And so we see that in earthly relationships. But we live in what's called the fatherless generation. Many people do not have an earthly father to imitate. And so here Paul goes on record under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and says, no matter your earthly father's state or no matter your earthly father's place in your life, you have a heavenly father who loves you more than you could ever imagine. And you should be so in love with him that you should desire to imitate him in your daily life. The reason we have so many Christians who do not walk the walk is simply because they are not in awe or in reverence of God and what he has done for all of us. Ephesians 1 verse 5 goes right in line with Ephesians 5 verse 1. It says, chapter 1 verse 5 says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. That's Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. Then Ephesians 5 verse chapter 1 says, we are his dear children. So how are we a child? His plan was for us to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And in doing so, we have been adopted. We have been brought into the family of God. And we have received through this adoption, through our justification, through our reconciliation, through our redemption, we have received the greatest father one could ever imagine. And so here Paul is saying for us to fully understand and to live out our Christian walk, we must follow or imitate our heavenly father. And so remember uh, the game, follow the leader in elementary school. Everywhere the leader went, you went. Every turn he made, you made. Every jump he made, you jumped. And so we would follow the person that was considered the leader. In order for us to follow our leader correctly, you have to remain in focus on whoever the leader is. 
at all costs. You would fail in the game if you looked elsewhere. If you failed to keep your eyes on the leader of the game, follow the leader. You would fail to follow your leader. That's what Paul's saying for us. For us to grasp the truths that we are going to look at in all of chapter 5 and in other places in Scripture, we must keep our eyes fixed on God. We must keep our gaze locked in on God and what he has accomplished for us. Now, that sounds very cliche. Like, yeah, the pastor, he's always going to say, oh, just be focused on God. Always just keep your eyes on God. Always stay in scripture. But what happens if we're not focused on God above everything else? Very simply, we begin to walk in the world. We're not going to be showing Christ like Paul is instructing us to in chapters 4, 5, and 6. We're not going to show the world Christ. And because we are adopted by God and loved so much by God, we are commanded to imitate God in verse 1. And so what does that practically look like? Well, you look at how Jesus walked while he was on earth and you imitate that. Jesus was God in the flesh. He was God walking on earth. So to mirror Jesus's walk with our life every single day is in essence imitating God and obeying the command in Ephesians verse five, or chapter 5 and verse 1. So how did Jesus live? Well, he made time for prayer. He would leave crowds and he would go pray. He made time for study. When he was young, he was in school learning the Old Testament and learning the law. He made time for mission. He was more concerned with loving others than he was finding a home to lay his head at night. And we looked at this a couple episodes ago. Jesus was patient. He was humble. He was gentle. And we are to imitate, with the help of the Holy Spirit, Jesus in our daily lives. Paul told the church at Corinth that they can imitate him as he imitates Jesus Christ. So, first aspect is looking at walking in God's love for us. Second one is walk loving like the Son. Walk loving like the Son. Paul begins in verse 2 with an imperative. He says in verse number 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And so Paul begins verse 2 with an imperative, meaning this is not up for negotiation. This phrase of this verse in the original language is in the present imperative. And you say, well, what does that mean? It simply means it's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable calling or command for your life. And you are to fulfill this calling every single day. And there are some things in your life right now, apart from scripture, that are non-negotiable. For example, as a teenager, you must go to school. As an adult, you have a job that you have to be at by a certain time and put in a, a, a certain number of hours each week, and it's required of you. And so for teenagers, required of law that you go to school. And so parents, you have non-negotiable chores that your kids have to do before they can go out and go do things with their friends. And so some things in life simply just must be done. Honestly, whether we like them or not. Did I enjoy going to school? No. Did I do it? Yes. Here Paul is saying very boldly to us as followers of God, you must love others like Jesus Christ loves you. Here Paul is saying this is non-negotiable in the Christian life. In our Christian life, we are to walk in love. 
The Greek word that Paul uses for walk simply means the way we conduct our daily lives. So would others be looking at our lives from the outside and say that we are showing off a life of love, say that we are emulating or we are exuding a life of love toward others? Or would they say that we're simply uh, just talking the talk as a Christian, but not necessarily loving as the Christian should be? And so, you know, one of the bullets uh, that the lost world uses against Christian to try to disprove our witness is that we do not have love for others. They label us haters, bigots, and rioters, and people that will not stand conversation and have sound conversation with others. And honestly, some Christians that claim to be Christians, simply, they don't show the love of Christ. They are about tearing others down, and they are about ripping people apart with their words. And a lot of people have been severely hurt by other so-called Christians and the people that I have talked to who used to go to church regularly who are not in church now they claim they left the church because they were hurt by a so-called Christian and so we have far too many people in the church like that today too many that oh yeah I'm a Christian too many that talk the talk but when the rubber meets the road our actions toward others are not actions of love but they're demonstrations of hate and I mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago of the bad example that I was in a, in a class way back when uh, referring to some sin. And far too often, Christians are quick to be judgmental and are quick to tear others apart, but we're not quick to take up the command to love others. So what does it look like for you, maybe a teenager, for you, an adult, for you, a senior citizen, to love others? You view them as someone who needs Jesus. And you, as a follower and imitator of God, you have the message of Jesus. Now, the lost world, they're going to look at you and they're going to, some of them are quite honestly not going to like the message of Jesus. But we are to still walk in love toward those that don't even want to hear it. So yes, they might get mad at you. They might hurt you with their words. They might slander you to other people. They might gossip about you behind your back because you're simply attempting to share the good news of Jesus. But how was Jesus treated when he was on earth? The lost world, they did not love him back. In general, the lost world is not going to love us back. But that does not change the imperative of verse 2. Verse 2 does not say walk in love as long as the world loves you. Verse 2 does not say walk in love as long as people aren't upset with you. Verse 2 says, hey, walk in love because Christ hath loved you. So Paul does not say if you're treated badly, then stop loving like Jesus. Or when you get hurt, then stop loving like Jesus. He simply says, plain and simple, walk in love. Our life every single day is to show the love of Christ to those we come in contact with, to those that we encounter, we are to show the love of Jesus. Third thing I want to point out is we are to walk in our example. As everything in the Christian life, who is our greatest example? Jesus Christ is the greatest example in all aspects of life. And so Paul switches in verse 2 from looking at us to looking at our greatest example of love, which is Jesus. And so the imperative, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. 
and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. So now Paul switches from looking at how we are to love to looking at the example of love, which is Jesus. And so Paul says in this verse, Christ or just as Christ, meaning he is our greatest example, an example of love in all aspects of life. And so he possessed such a love for you and I that literally he gave himself for us. You know the gospel message. Jesus willingly came and left heaven, gave his life so that, so that we could have life, died upon the cross so that we could obtain eternal life. That is God's love in full display. Romans 5, 8 says, For God commendeth or demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest demonstration we have of a supernatural agape style love is that of Jesus Christ giving himself for our sins on the cross. We must understand that for Jesus to come to earth, he had to leave being face to face with his father. And what is it that prompted him to do so? What prompted Jesus to leave the portals of glory? What prompted Jesus to leave his throne in heaven and to come be born in a manger willingly and humbly? It was his love for you. It was his love for us. It was his love for mankind. And I love how Paul writes it here. Jesus gave himself up. He was not made to die for us. He was not forced to die for us. Jesus willingly and sacrificially and humbly gave himself up and he willingly died on the cross so that we could have the free gift of eternal life. They did not take his life. He gave up his life. It says in the Gospels, he hung his head and gave up the ghost. He gave up his life for us. The last phrase paints a beautiful picture for us. Jesus is the greatest example of sacrificial love that we could ever know. And that last phrase says that his sacrifice was offered as a sweet-smelling savor. This in the Old Testament, when a burnt offering was offered to God at the temple, and the smell was sweet, and it was said that God was pleased with the sacrifice, he would rest. Rest meaning he would not execute rightful judgment on his people because of their sin. Get that. In the Old Testament, when they would offer a sacrifice and the smell and the aroma would be sweet, that would imply God is resting and he would not execute rightful judgment on his people because of their sin. Here's what Paul is saying. Because the love that Jesus has for us and the love that he demonstrated on the cross 2,000 years ago, and the wrath that God poured out on Jesus on the cross, his sacrifice let out a sweet-smelling savor. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for you? God accepted Jesus' payment for our sins. He has rested and is resting, meaning we who come by faith in him will not have to experience his wrath and judgment because God has accepted Jesus' sacrificial offering of himself. Romans chapter 5 says, and verse number 9 says that we are saved from the wrath through him. Jesus is him. We are saved from the future wrath through Jesus. 
So why are we as Christians to walk in love? Why did Paul write it as a non-negotiable? Because we have the greatest example of love, which is Jesus. So what do these two verses have to do with you and your relationship with Jesus? Well, quite honestly, the answer is everything. If we are going to claim we are Christians, in other words, if we're going to talk the talk and act as if and speak as if we're Christians, we need to back up our claim to the lifestyle that lives out the love of God. We need to walk the walk. We need to walk in love. We need to be Christians who are loving the lost, loving Jesus, loving other believers. We need to be imitating Jesus in our daily life. So very practically, this phrase and command in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, that we are to walk in love, means that person at work, that they get under your skin. You don't like to work the same shift as them. You don't like to see them walking down the hallway. You're to have a love for them because Jesus loved you so much. You have a message for them. That message is that Jesus loves them so much that he died for them. That person in your family, that they are hateful to you, they talk about you, you just don't like to be around them. This verse is a non-negotiable that you've got to love them. You got to share Jesus with them because that's what Jesus did to even those that persecuted and hated him while he was on earth. We as Christians, we've got to walk the walk. And the first aspect of that starts with loving like Jesus to those around us because Jesus loved everyone and he died on the cross for the world. So you, right where you are today, love like Jesus, love others like Jesus, and love God and imitate God with every part of who you are. Just love him, imitate him, and love others. As always, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.